First of all, I want to say thanks for uh, Pastor Brandt and the teens last week. Well done. Did a really great job. Yeah. I was able to watch the service live on the Book of Faces. Before I went to church out in Lynchburg, Virginia, I was out there studying, getting ready for our summer series, which is coming up. Uh, let's see, I have that written down somewhere. But anyway, uh, it's on June 24th. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I was out there and I, did you know we had over a thousand people watch on the Book of Faces? So that's why we're kind of bugging you. It's like a brand new avenue is opening up to uh, be able to bring uh, God's word and uh, the song. I think most of them are watching the music. And then when I get up here, eh, that's enough. Let's, but that's true. Uh, we, as soon as we put the music on, the, the views jumped, doubled. Uh, so that's good stuff. Anyway, well done. I felt like I was here with you. Uh, also, I want to just talk a bit about the pig roast barn party that's happening on Friday, uh, August 17th. If you remember, two weeks ago, we passed out these uh, cards uh, each one reach one challenge, and the idea was that you were going to write down some folks who are in your life who you started praying for. As best you can tell, they don't know Jesus personally, and you're going to start praying specifically, biblically, regularly for them to come into a personal relationship with Christ. Usually, I just launch off and share Christ, and I'm just telling you, it's become so clear. you got to start the the first things first, right? Lay the foundation, and that's to be praying for people first, biblically, specifically, regularly. So I just want to know how many of you, you're into it, you've been doing that, and you're off to a good start, okay? Lots of hands didn't go up. We have cards at the Welcome Center and the table as you go out the back door. It's not too late. Uh, grab one of those cards, and you can start praying for the people around you. I've got my little uh, card here. This is my list people that I'm praying for, again, specifically, biblically, regularly for them to come to a personal relationship with Christ. And then the idea is then when we get close to the pig roast barn party, you can invite them. Uh, it's not just so that we can uh, have a nice party and eat really good, high on the hog, so to speak, right? Uh, the idea is you can be praying for these people and now uh, you're ready to invite them and we'll share the gospel clearly. Okay, today, 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. And yet the God of the Bible, who is love, who is agapeo, that's the Greek word there, requires us to love, or lack of love, lack of agapeo, is a clear sign that we don't actually know the God of love. Tracking with me there? If you don't love, if there's no agapeo in you, it's a sign you don't really know the God of love. But did you know that there are types of love that the God of love actually hates? That's an interesting thought. There are types of love that the God of love actually hates. And that's what we're going to look at today, the love that Jesus actually hates. And then next Sunday, we're going to look at the love that Jesus loves. 
Okay? So now you know what we're going to do today, the love that Jesus hates, and next Sunday, the love that Jesus loves. Uh, how many of you, when you eat at a restaurant, you like to order an appetizer before you get the main course? How many of you, you you're, you're kind of like that if you're able to? Nobody over here, you guys don't, you aren't appetizers. There's one right over there. Got a few on the balcony, appetizer people, yeah? Uh, if they got good potato skins, I'm all in, Andy. All in every time, okay? Uh, good nachos, count me in. Uh, just was with my kids out in Lynchburg. If they got good sushi, all in. Sushi people? That's what you put on the hook to catch fish with. Anyway, just me, old school, no thank you. Anyway, we're going to look at our appetizer first, then we'll get to the main course. Would you turn uh, to Luke chapter 12? Uh, Jesus is asked to mediate a dispute between two brothers. They're fighting about an inheritance. I've had two different lawyers tell me, if there are seeds of greed in your heart, the greed usually appears and surfaces whenever there's an inheritance at stake. You might want to think about that ahead of time, get that greed cleared up. But anyway, that's what's going on here. Luke chapter 12, verse 13 Someone in the crowd says to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother, uh, divide the inheritance with me. Verse 14, Jesus replied, Man who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you. Verse 15, Jesus said to them, Watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Why aren't you standing, you ask? Because this is just the appetizer. Yeah. We talked to John Christ, and he's got it all laid out when you have to stand, when you don't have to stand. Uh, some of you understand what I'm talking about. John Christ, he explains when you have to pray. Uh, you don't have to pray for salad or soup, but when the main course comes, then you've got to pray. Anyway, you look up that. It's really, really enlightening. It's been helpful for me. Uh, but we stand when we are at the main course. You're going to be standing in a minute, but that's why you didn't stand. What's the key warning here? What's the key warning? Watch out. Be on guard, church at Walloon. Why? Because greed appears out of nowhere. And you've got to understand here, greed constantly, is, it's like dandelions. It's like, uh, it's like your yard. You mow it, and then a few days later, what, what happens? It grows, and you've got you to you gotta constantly be on guard against greed gathering a root in our lives. Webster defines greed as a selfish and excessive desire for more of something. I want more. I want more money. I want more power. I want more fame. Uh, usually it's a desire for more than is needed or necessary. Tracking with me? Got it, Balcony? It's when you want more than you really need. That's, that's greed. Or to put it differently, our lives are much more than just the toys and the gizmos we accumulate. Notice what he says, verse 15, A man's life does not consist of my stuff. Having lots of stuff, having lots of possessions is not what our lives are all about. And yet I would argue most Americans, if we're honest, that's where our hearts and our minds and our desires and our dreams are all over. Now, we live in the wealthiest time in history, 
in one of, if not the wealthiest country uh, at the wealthiest time in all of history. Can I just say, greed grows. It's fertile ground in our culture today, 2018, to have greed accumulate and appear like out of nowhere. That's why we're having this sermon, because you're thinking, well, I dealt with it last month, last year. Yeah, but you got to check the yard for dandelions today, right? Because you might have dealt with it last week, last month, last year, but you got to keep on checking for greed. And uh, again, be on guard against all varieties of greed. And then Jesus tells a story, a story with a purpose in order for us to understand. He, he writes, beginning in verse 16, follow along. And then Jesus told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I don't have any more place to store all my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I'll store up my surplus grain, verse 19. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, what? You fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but instead is not rich towards God. My hero, Billy Graham, said it this way, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. We can't. Instead, key idea, look at verse 21, be rich towards God. That seems to be the solution to greed. Get rich towards the Lord and the things that he cares about. Be rich towards Jesus and his kingdom and his church and love others with your riches. Take, take the blessings the Lord has given to you and pass them on. And that is just the appetizer, y'all. Good stuff, right? Yeah, You've got to understand, I've been in the South for 11 days. Uh, so I'm going to be using all sorts of Southern idioms, I think. Been down there with my, my kin folks. Uh, Virginia and Tennessee, they have a border. Did you know that? They do. And uh, all of my kin folks are from Tennessee, so... Uh, I pick up on, on the way they talk. Locate uh, the main course for today's meal, would you? First John chapter 2, First John chapter 2, and as we read, we're going to stand in just a moment, but I want you to, to notice as we read, what's the love that Jesus hates? As we read verses 15 to 17, what's, what's the love that Jesus can't stand? If you're able, would you stand with me? Let's read out loud God's book. Here we go. Let's read together. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and his desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Let's pray together. Lord, thanks for uh, getting me back to be with my favorite church in the entire world. Your church, 
that meets here in Walloon and over in East Jordan. So thank you that uh, we're gathered here now and we get to study your inspired book. So would you open our hearts? Would you uh, clear up anything going on in our minds that's not involving your word? Would you help us to listen and tune in closely with our ears? We need to hear from you today. Lord, the truth is greed grows in soil like we're in today, 2018. So thank you that we get to live in a very blessed and abundant country. But Lord, there are dangers associated with that. So would you show us where greed might have taken up residence? Where we might be chasing after and dreaming and focused on stuff instead of your son and your kingdom and your church? Speak, Lord. We're listening. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. The key command, the thrust of the passage, do not love the world or the things in the world. Do not. That's, that's not a suggestion. It's a command. Do not love the world or anything in the world. So we're going to examine why we shouldn't be loving the world or things in the world right now. And he gives five reasons or five arguments why we shouldn't love the world. Um, But before we go, I just want to stop and just acknowledge John 3.16 says something a little different, doesn't it? For God so loved, what's the last part? The, hmm. So now he's saying don't love the world or the things in the world. Uh, How come if God sent his son Jesus into this world to love, how come we're not supposed to love? Doesn't that contradict John 3.16 or Psalm 8 where the psalmist declares the glory of the Lord in his creation in this world that he's created? Is he saying that we can't love God's creation and enjoy what he's created for our enjoyment? You ready? The world that he's talking about here, 1 John chapter 2, is the cosmos. Track with me. The cosmos is uh, what we're not supposed to love or be friends with. James 4 verse 4 says the same thing. We're not to love this fallen, sinful world system. You tracking? That's what we're not supposed to love uh, because the prince of the power of the air. Who is the prince of the power of the air? Ephesians 2.2 tells us about him. Who is the prince of the power of the air? Come on, tell me. Satan. Satan. Uh, the devil. Uh, Satan is the ruler of this fallen world. Therefore, uh, we're not supposed to fall in love with this fallen, sinful, selfish, pride-filled greed-filled fallen world system. That's what he's talking about. So why must a follower of Jesus avoid loving this fallen system? You ready? First reason, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you five. First reason, because Satan and his demonic army are in charge of the cosmos. Satan and his demonic 
uh, army, they're involved in putting the agenda out for this fall. They love to build greed in followers of Jesus. So we, we don't love this world because Satan, this fallen world, is the king at this time, only for a short time. He's the ruler down here. Second reason why followers of Jesus must not love this world, last part of verse 15, look at it. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, it's impossible to love this world that's controlled by Satan and lust and greed and pride and at the same time love and be devoted to Jesus at the same time. It's impossible to do both of them at the same time. At any given time, we're either loving this world and the pretty shiny stuff in this world or we're loving and devoted to Jesus Christ and his kingdom and his book and what the Spirit is leading us to do. Love for this fallen world, think of it this way, pushes out our love for God the Father, God the Son, and being open to the, the work of God the Spirit in our lives. Matthew 6.24 says it pretty plainly, nobody can serve two masters. It's impossible. No one. It's impossible to love this world and be devoted to this world and yet at the same time love Jesus and be devoted to him. I have a test for you, okay? You ready? Ready, Balcony? You want to do a test this afternoon? As you get in your car, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to start the car, and then I'd like you to push the accelerator down all the way, and I want you to put the brake on the whole way as hard as you can and see what happens. <laughs> what, what's it going to do to your car? Well, you keep doing that little experiment over and over again. What's going to happen? Uh, the mechanic's going to say what? You need a new car. <laughs> you need a new, you're going to wreck your car because you're trying to do two opposite things at the very same time. And yet so often we're trying to love Jesus and at the same time we're chasing after the stuff in this world. And he says here, verse 15, you can't do it. It's impossible. You got to pick. Are you in it for what the world offers and chasing after all the pretty shiny gizmos and gadgets and the latest shiny thing? Or are you going to chase after Jesus? You can't do both at the same time, and it makes it very clear here. First reason why we don't love this world is because the agenda of Satan is what controls this fallen world that we're passing through. Second reason, it's impossible. I cannot love my king and my Lord, Jesus Christ, and at the same time, love this fallen sinful world at the same time. Reason number three, got a place there in your bulletin, write it down. Third reason why we don't love this sinful world, verse 16, for everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does comes not from God the Father, but from the world. Now, uh, he uh, says that there are three different things going on that Satan has put uh, before us, and uh, we got to be careful about. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's the three little circles up there. And those are the things that are kind of calling our name 
Um, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, that's chasing after things that we don't yet have. The pride of life is I've got it, and now look at me. I got all the shiny stuff that you wish you had. It's the ego. It's the boasting. It's the showing off of what we have, and we've been chasing after, and now I've caught it. Third reason we're commanded not to love this world is because this sinful world is all about, you ready? Chasing after what I don't have yet. Or feeling really smug and proud and egotistical because I got it and you don't have it. That's at core what's going on. If I'm not following after Jesus, that's a big part of my life. But Solomon, the richest man in history, uh, he said, you know what, I tried it for you. Uh, some have estimated that Solomon's riches were in the hundreds of billions in today's dollars. And he built palaces. He, uh, he literally had these gardens. He chased after PhDs. He had the best comedians of his day come in and make him laugh. He had the finest singers. He had the, the greatest food and feasts and wine. He married a thousand wives and concubines. Wasn't that wise, was he? Uh, anyway, chasing, chasing, obtaining, obtaining. Solomon's verdict, richest man, uh, in all of history, Ecclesiastes 2, here's his conclusion. And by the way, he did it better than any of us will ever have a chance to do it. And here's what he says. I denied myself nothing. My eyes desired anything. I refused no, my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, in all my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, what I had toiled to achieve, everything was Chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the... It's empty. I've tried. I, I went after. I went after the flesh and the eyes. And, and I, I chased after the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of... It's meaningless. It's empty. It's chasing after the wind. I, there was nothing there that satisfied. Fourth reason not to love this fallen world. Verse 17, the world and its desires pass away. <laughs> this stuff that we are chasing after and accumulating, we need to remember it's temporary. Um, this is only the beginning. We're passing away. This present world system is doomed. And if you don't believe that, you can turn to the end of the book Revelation 20 makes it real clear, if you're not on Jesus' team, you're on the losing team, and it's going to end poorly. It's going to be bad. Read the end of the book, Jesus wins. One little word will fell Satan and his army. Why would I want to follow a loser and his way of thinking? Why would, most of us, I want to be on the winning team. If I ask you right now, do you want to be on the winning team, or do you want to be with the team that's going to lose. You know they're going to lose. Most of us would say, I think I want to go with the winner. Can I just tell you, his name is Jesus. Chase after him. Chase after his book. Chase after his kingdom. Make him the priority of your life. 
Otherwise, it's going to be like this $5 bill. I, I, I fished this out of my uh, very small coin and bill collection. Um, this is actually a $5 bill from the, I'm going to get my uh, uh, $5 bill issued in between 19, 1839 and 1840 from the Confederacy of Texas. Okay? So they, they decided they were going to print their own money. Um, any guesses how much it's worth today? <laughs> any guesses? Zip. <laughs> Zip. I'm not even sure if this is real. Somebody gave me this a long time ago, and I'm telling you, it kind of looks old, but it kind of feels fake. And, and maybe that's the way fake money, uh, it's kind of like Confederate money. I recall at one point having thousands of dollars in Confederate money, and uh, it kind of made you feel good. You look at all the $1,000 bills uh, that you got in Confederate money, and, and then you say, how much is it worth? How much was it worth? How much is it worth today? You have $5,000 Confederate money? Show me how much is it worth. A million dollars worth of Confederate money. Nothing. That's what he says. It, it's, you're going to have nothing to show for it. It's Texas money. <laughs> it, it's, it's worthless. Nothing to show for your life. Fifth and final reason why we're commanded not to love this fallen, sinful world system. Verse 17, but the man who does the will of God lives, how long? Forever. 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but I want to focus what I don't see around me. For what is seen, this is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. In three weeks, we're going to head down for staff retreat to Chicago. So let me explain this in Chicago terms, okay? The lust of the flesh, if you know Chicago, is Rush Street. Rush Street is full of bars and strip clubs and prostitutes and drugs. Make sense? So that's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes is Michigan Avenue. And on Michigan Avenue is Bloomingdale's and the Ritz-Carlton and chauffeured stretch limos. And the pride of life is tooling around the city. I looked up car and driver's number one sports car right now. Their number one recommendation, I think it was $140,000, will get you a Porsche 911 or 911. Okay? So driving around in my red Porsche 911, and I got a pocket full of Benjamins. I'm attempting to oppress everybody all around me. That's the pride of life. Look at what I've got. But you wish you had what I had. And John is shouting here, that stuff is doomed. That stuff is toast. But the man of God, the woman of God, who chooses to love Jesus and love God the Father, the Son, allow God the Spirit to work through them, that's where eternal rewards are produced. So, Let's review. Why are we not to love this fallen world system? Why not? First reason, because Satan and his demonic army are in charge of everything around us that we're chasing after. Uh, they're the ones sowing the seed, making, making us think that we're missing out 
by not having all the pretty shiny stuff. Second reason we don't love this fallen world, it's impossible. You are not the exception to this rule. I am not the... You cannot be chasing after this world and all the shiny stuff and at the same time love Jesus. Chasing after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. You can't do that and chase after Jesus simultaneously. Third reason we're commanded not to love this sinful fallen world, it's empty, it's meaningless, we're chasing after the wind. And remember, Solomon did it in a better way than you and I will ever be able to do. He said, it doesn't work. I did it, I did it in the most full and complete way possible, and I found out there was nothing there, nothing. Fourth reason we don't love this fallen world, it's because Jesus has already filed bankruptcy papers on this fallen system. You understand? Jesus has already said, no, no, this system is bankrupt and it's doomed to fail and I promise you bankruptcy is what it will be in the end. It's doomed and it will fail. Fifth and final reason we don't love this fallen world system is because we're just pilgrims passing through. Did you know that your citizenship... If you're a follower of Jesus, where's your citizenship right now? You're, you're the one that matters the most, the one that defines you the best. We're citizens of where? Heaven. We're just passing through. This is just temporary, y'all. We're pilgrims passing through. We fix our eyes on what is not seen. This stuff is temporary. I'm, I'm fixing my eyes on the eternal, what matters. Here's, here's my question as we conclude here today. Is it, is it possible that seeds of greed chasing after the pretty stuff in this world have began to pop up in your life once again? And please don't misunderstand. It's not wrong to be blessed by the Lord. It's not wrong that we live in the richest time ever in history, in the richest culture in all of history. Thank you in many ways, Lord. But I regularly need to do a greed check. I need to regularly check. Lord, is, is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, has the pride of life become my agenda? Is that what my focus is all about? Is it possible that I've gotten a little too cozy and fond of this fallen, sinful system that I live in? Got to constantly be doing checks. Lord, make it clear. Make it, am I passionate for the things that you're passionate about? Lord, am I passionate about making sure that the people on my list that don't know you, that they come to know you as Savior and Lord? Lord, is, is this more important than my 401K right now? Is your book and walking with you, is that more important than than? the toys and the gizmos and, and the latest tech thing that I got in my life? You understand? It's not wrong to have the gizmos and the shiny stuff. What's wrong is when that's more important to you. I've, I've allowed that stuff to push Jesus out, and now I'm focusing on that. Where, where are you at today? How is the, uh, the shiny stuff doing as far as grabbing at your heart? I don't know about you, but that's got to be a regular check. Lord, make it clear. Make it obvious. Would you show me? I want to hear from you. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes, and I, 
just like you just quietly invite the Lord to show you. Lord, have I allowed some dandelions, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, have I allowed that to spring up in my life? Would you show me? Lord, thank you for all of the blessings that you bring to our lives. We are blessed people. We really are. But the blessing of abundance has its danger. So would you show us where we're at right now with you and with our stuff, with our dreams, our aspirations? Is it about your kingdom? Is it about your church? Is it about advancing the name of Christ? Or Lord, is it more about lust of the flesh? lust of the eyes, pride of life. Speak, Lord. We're listening. could be the Lord's pointing out some dandelions that need to be dug up. (laughs) Lord, yeah, you're pointing out some things that have become the focus, the passion, the agenda. It's, It's chasing after stuff that you would call greed. And thank you, Lord, for making some things clear, making them obvious. Need to do some yard work on my heart right now. And I believe that it's important to let the Lord know. He's spoken. He's used his book and his spirit in you. And just say to him, Lord, just want you to know, I've heard from you. So anybody, just lift up your hand. I'm not going to make you stand or come forward. But it's good for you to say, Lord, you've spoken and I've heard from you. Anybody? Anybody uh, would say there's some dandelions that need to be taken care of? Yeah. Are there others? Anybody in the balcony? Lord, you've spoken and there's some lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh and some pride of life that I need to dig out with your help right now. How do you do that? You ready? (laughs) Once the Lord shows you that you've been heading in the wrong direction, what do you got to do? Lord, I'm going to do the U-turn and run back to you. Running back home, Jesus. I'm going to confess that once again, I've headed in the wrong direction. And thank you for making it clear and obvious. And I just want you to know, Lord, heading in that direction, you call it sin and I call it the same thing. Wash and cleanse. I want you to be first. I want you to have first place. I want my love for you to be the priority. Take first place one more time. Thanks for speaking. Through your word and your book, I do that U-turn, run back to you.
We confess, Lord, we're living in challenging times when this fallen world bombards us 24-7. Constantly pointing out things that we never even knew existed and now we're convinced we've got to have them. Would you draw us back to you? May we, as followers of your Son, Jesus Christ, may we, as your church family, make the focus, the passion of our lives, your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, help us to constantly do heart and mind checks. Constantly, Lord, help us to check to see if more dandelions have appeared. Thanks again for loving us so much that you give us warnings and you want us back walking close with you. It's in the wonderful name of Jesus we pray all these things. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. Still singing.